Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Sport Podcast. Coming up this week, after two years away, we'll preview the return of the Comprop Guernsey Rally this weekend. Obviously, there's a goal in my head that I'd like to reach 40 miles of rally stages. We got to 36.6, which is the biggest rally we put on. So it's, it's exciting. In the week, we marked 500 days to go until the Island Games. We'll also hear from Guernsey's most decorated games athlete, Tom Hollingsworth, about his ambition to win his 50th medal next summer, despite having just relocated to the other side of the world. My best times are always at an Island Games, by far. And it's because of the because of the atmosphere, because of the rivalries. It's it just brings something else out in me. And we'll look ahead to what else is coming up over the next seven days. Uh, I'm Tony Kerr. Alongside me this week, Gareth Prevo. Hi, Tony. Rob Batiste. Hi, Tony. And Jamie Ingrall. Hi, Tony. Uh, great to see you guys. All, all that to come. Um, first, though, we start with some very sad news uh, for Guernsey's athletics community and the wider sporting community in general. Um, the death of long-distance runner Richard Friedrich from cancer, uh, just 40, um, he was a truly outstanding athlete. He won the Guernsey Marathon as recently as October 2020. Uh, Jamie, Richard was someone who made a lot of friends um, in his few years in Guernsey, uh, and, and he really did show his class time and time again, didn't he? Well, it, yeah, it's exceptionally sad news to have him taking away so early. Um, he was not only an exceptional distance runner, but he's, he was an incredible character, great to have around, incredibly sharp wits. And yeah, he made it. Yeah, he was very popular within the club. He was someone who, when he arrived in Guernsey, obviously uh, had a fairly impressive CV to his name, and um, and and yeah, made a big impact on the running scene. Well, yeah, he came over in 2015. Uh, just over three years prior, he had won the Munich Marathon in a time of 2:19, which is an incredible feat. Um, and to be fair, he showed real lasting quality as a runner. He didn't take it as seriously as he had done, like he considered himself a retired runner. You know, he, did a, he did a lot of training with Lee Merrion, who approached running with a similar mindset. And to be fair, in late 2020 and into 2021, he was taking it a bit more seriously and he was sort of mounting a little bit of a comeback. And he was in exceptional shape, even into the middle of last year, when the unfortunate diagnosis struck. And yeah, it was just an incredibly sad blow. Yeah, a, a real class act, Rob. Indeed, yeah. I can see it was only this time last year, I think, the, the ten, Guernsey 10-miler, or the club 10-miler race is coming up next week, and it was this, about this time last year, I believe, Richard was winning that event. I remember seeing it, and he was, he was always um, a great person to interview at the end of an event, um, very, very um, chirpy, cheerful chap, and, you know, he clearly had sort of put his... Um, his top days behind him but he was really enjoying his athletics in Guernsey and really did get involved with the local scene um, very very well um, I always remember the first time I saw him and I think when he competed in his first um, Liberation Day road race um, and he was um, he was um, competing very very well but he knew the um, the backstory to the you know the island and you know occupation etc and um, it, it was strange to see some one or two German flags being waved on around by Vordo at the time and he was he had a bit of a smile on his face and I think he knew it would be, it would have been a bit awkward if he had won the um, the race himself but I think Lee Merrion was running that day and took the honors just ahead of him but he really was a, a terrific athlete it's been a bad week actual bad two weeks for sport because softball um, um, lost a um, great 
um, in that time. Keith Taylor was one of the men responsible for um, Central's dominance in the 70s and 80s when softball, fast pitch softball, really was a big sport in Guernsey, hugely popular, very, very competitive, um, attracted big crowds up to Beausajour almost nightly and um, Keith was um, integral to the success of Guernsey softball not only with Centrals but also the Ireland team when they went away and play, played in the UK uh, sorry in UK and in Europe places like Czechoslovakia um, and um, he was as I say he was fulcrum to the to the whole um, successful scene at the period um, but um, he died recently so we you know, it's a sad time for his family. Wish the um, wish them well. Yeah, absolutely. And um, of course, wish Richard's family uh, and friends uh, all the best at such a sad time. I know, Jamie, you're going to have a, a sort of full uh, tribute in Friday's paper. So, um, so do keep an eye out for that. Yeah, I do need to add that sincere condolences to his family because, yeah, his wife Ulrika, who was a European marathon champion. She was the one who broke the news on Facebook, and it was exceptionally sad. We had a lot of. We had a lot of local distance runners paying tribute by changing their Facebook or cover pictures or profile pictures to pictures of or with Richards, which I thought was a nice gesture. But yeah, he will be very sorely missed. Now, after the two-year pandemic-enforced hiatus, rallying returns to Guernsey's roads this weekend. The 2022 Comprop Guernsey Rally gets underway on Friday evening and continues on Saturday with some really interesting and challenging new stages thrown into the mix this year. Um, earlier this week, I spoke to rally organiser Carl Marshall uh, to find out what's gone into getting this event on and why he's so excited to see the event back on the road. Carl, welcome to the pod. Great to see you. Thank you. Um, exciting week, I'm sure one that you've been waiting for, well, for the best part of a couple of years now. Um, how does it feel to be on the verge of uh, seeing a Guernsey rally again? Yeah, a bit nervous, but exciting at the same time. As I say, yeah, we've had a year off due to COVID, but uh, yeah, we're back and uh, hopefully we're back with a big bang. Yeah, brilliant. And I guess, I suppose earlier in the year or a few weeks ago, there might have been a few nervous uh, nervous moments in terms of how things were developing, but, you know, hopefully we're sort of moving on with confidence now. I've got a good contingent from Jersey um, coming over. Um, just sort of set the scene for us then in terms of what you've been able to put together for this year and, and how it differs from, uh, from the, the first couple of events you put on. Um, well, we've got new sponsors on board this year, so Comprop is the main sponsor, which we're very grateful to. Um, so, yeah, we've just tried to... Um, Obviously, there's a goal in my head that I would like to reach 40 miles of, of rally stages. We got to 36.6, which is, you know, the biggest rally we put on so far. Um, yeah, and we've we've changed it slightly where we only use the stage once, whereas in previous years we've had to use the stage both ways. So we've we've now got six stages, and they will be used four times on each so yeah so it's it's exciting um as i say two on friday night um so they will start uh, about 10 past five at the vogra and then they'll move on to chile uh, and the reason they start at that time is because everybody needs to familiarize themselves within daylight hours so your marshals and your officials and your drivers will get a familiarization of what the surroundings are and then obviously then they go into the dark so they they know what they're looking at through the lights of the cars so 
Yeah, I'm sure that helps quite a lot. Um, yeah, you mentioned the the, um, the course length. I, I mean, I suppose in, in comparison with Jersey, we don't have quite as much sort of open countryside. Um, you know, as we know in Guernsey, everyone's on top of each other. It must be incredibly hard to find those extra miles, as you say, sort of to get up to, to, to the 40 that you're looking for. I mean, how, how challenging has the planning been for this one in particular? It's very challenging. Um, it's, it's, not, it's not easy by a long shot. Uh, we got to obviously we got to talk a lot to traffic because obviously we're, we're we're closing all the roads and we're closing them for at the moment uh, the way we set it out this year is it's it's basically half a day so we're trying to minimise any residents' uh, uh, issues with getting in and out they can get in and out during the rally but obviously it alleviates and that they know they're only going to be there for half a day uh, instead of the whole day so it's less impact on them but it, to do that it's a lot more work but that's what we're that's our goal is to, to achieve that kind of thing so yeah to to do what we've done has been a lot a lot of work and you say yeah hard work but I'm sure an end result that that makes it all worthwhile I mean just take us back to to putting on that first rally and, and then and I guess with what you're looking forward to this weekend what why did you want to bring this particular kind of motorsport discipline to Guernsey what, what what does it contribute that that perhaps the others don't I got told when I got involved in in motorsport many years ago that Guernsey would never have a rally um, as as years went on I got into motorsport and I got into rallying as a navigator and I've done that for a decade now and I just felt that the sport could come to Guernsey and, and I believed we could bring it to Guernsey. Uh, so that was my first challenge was to get it and to establish it in Guernsey. What it brings to the island is it brings a lot of money. People don't realise that when in a rally you get two people in a vehicle straight away and then obviously to run that vehicle they always bring a service crew with them. Now, that service crew could vary between two people to five people. So straight away, you brought seven people into the island, plus their vehicle, plus their trailer, plus their van, plus the hotel. And then they bring their girlfriends, their wives, their family members. So one car can bring up to 10 people. So you bring in, you know, 10 Jersey people, three English people I think we've got, you know, we we could be bring we filled up the Trellard, and St Peter Park has got bookings, uh, the Villiers got bookings, and when because we've done it in February, it's a very quiet time of year for Guernsey. So it it brings it brings revenue into Ireland. It puts Guernsey on the map for tourism because people will come and watch rallies. Yeah, fantastic, and it's going to be an exciting weekend. Some of those stage maps. And some of those stages um, look pretty tasty. Uh, some fresh challenges for the drivers. Where are going to be the the, the moment, or where are going to be the the spots where the, the sort of rallies won and lost for the teams, and and, and where are the, the best places to watch? Well, I mean, Friday night, as I say, we got two two decent spectator areas on on both on Vogrel and Chiway. I believe Vogrel may be the best one. Um, basically, you'll you'll see them come along the coast road, and then. Exactly where the spectator area is, the chicane. So they'll be coming at speed towards them. And obviously then they've got to use their brakes and they've got to get around the chicane. There are judges of fact on every chicane, so they cannot afford to knock them. If they, if they actually knock a, a, a hay bale, 
they lose time. So they get a penalty for it. So there's a lot riding on that first chicane on the first stage. Uh, they've got to do that four times so they can make a mistake. And then obviously, with the way the viewing area is done, they'll be able to watch them go up past the Vogras campsite and up out. So you're going to probably see... I mean, I've done rallying, let's say, over a few areas, and that is probably one of the most uh, best spectator areas I've seen in a long, long time, because you'll see a lot of action. Yeah, fantastic. And then, obviously, Chiway's got a little bit of a spectator area, which is down by the beach house. Uh, once again, that's gonna, that gives you quite a bit, good bit of... Uh, Greater coverage as well. And on to Saturday, the stretch through Petty Bow looks particularly enticing. Um, I guess not quite as easy for spectators to get down and in, into, but um, that's certainly got a lot of people talking. Yeah, I mean, you know, for the, the the Saturday morning we got this St Andrew stage, which is a viewing area at the the um, BSJ uh, horse riding area. So there's a good spectator area there. And then, yeah, so on Paddy Bow, we have got two spectator stages. We've got one at the very top, which is Bonham Manor, which is the main car park. So obviously you'll be able to see the cars then coming up and then going into the two hairpins, which we got this year, which are nice and tight. Um, and then Fred Mantle from the Paddy Big Stray or whatever it's called at the very bottom of Paddy Bow. He's opening his doors for everybody and that's another public viewing area. The only difference with that one, you would have to be there prior to the meeting. Uh, there's toilets and there's food and there's facilities there. So it, it's a good place to be stuck. <laughs> if you're going to be stuck anywhere, that will <laughs> yeah. be the place. And obviously you can go inside the calf while nothing's going on and warm up. So, yeah, I mean, there's two two good areas there and two good areas to see the action. So, yeah, I mean, Petit Bow, as I say, I think because of its... The nature of the of the of the course, the way it goes from nice and open to nice and tight, is going to be the game changer. I think that's where people will make little mistakes and can cost them time. So this is where the leaderboard could change. Some new stages this year. I mean, for you, when you're sort of pottering about the island, going about your business, are you always on the lookout for? Well, you know, that'll be a great corner if we could somehow incorporate that. Or this is a great stretch. Yeah, we always yeah. Yeah, I've got a dog and we walk around the lanes and that, and I can think, oh, yeah, this, this will be good, <laughs> and that'll be that. good. And uh, Yeah, I mean, but obviously you every time you plan something, you just can't just think, you know, you've got to think of everybody who lives in in that area and how you're impacting on their lives. So everything is taken in consideration. A lot of people think we don't, but we do. It's a lot of consideration into people's lives and how they run their lives, and we, we respect everybody as well as i said it's a couple of years now into the sort of history of the the guernsey rally um still pretty young event obviously but how's the the kind of rally community evolving here you know over in jersey it's obviously a much more established rally um and there's a big scene um in terms of supporting that but are more and more sort of drivers navigators people getting into the concept of rallying here now yeah yeah i mean when we first started the guernsey rally i think we had probably about i think it was five or six rally cars we're over we're approaching 15 now in the four years we've been going so yeah it's it's another diverse it's people are looking now for value for money um and obviously rallying gives you that value for money your entry and you're getting 36 miles of, of racing whereas um a hill climb and that you to get 36 miles 
you'll be waiting a long, long time. Um, so yeah, the value. I mean, obviously the entry is a lot higher, but the actual the actual sport is a a bigger. You get more for your money, more bang for your buck. Yeah, and and in terms of the crews, then um, who are the uh, the teams to look out for? Obviously, Ross and Dominic from Jersey have have, have been very successful and, and certainly pushed the <laughs> push the metal. Yeah, I mean, obviously Ross and Dominic are coming over to defend them to defend their championship, um, which is brilliant. It's good that they they've continued to support us. Um, Dale Crowsley and Will Rutherford, obviously the top Guernsey pair in a number two. Um, you know, Dale come very close last year, and I'm sure he'll push this year to try and get the number one spot. And I know that's what he wants. Um, and we, yeah, as Guernsey people, we want to see a Guernsey winner. So if it's Dale or any other any other the Guernsey people, then we'd we'd yeah we'd be delighted to see. Um, obviously, we got Dan Corner and we got Andy Corner coming over from the UK. They're two very quick drivers. Um, bags of experience uh, and they both got 205 Peugeots and they pedal hard they'll they'll be pushing the top top five for sure um, so yeah I mean but as I say as I say to win a round you've got to finish um, and that's the biggest thing it's uh, unfortunately you can be hit by anything you can have a missile unfortunately you just clip something and damage your car you can have a, a mechanical failure there's, there's loads of things that can go wrong. Uh, you can go and get lost. Guernsey people shouldn't get lost. <laughs> you don't but you, you can, you can, if you get lost, you lose time, you lose penalties. So, yeah, there's, as I say, you've got you've to finish first and then obviously see who comes out on the winner. Well, looking forward to watching it closely. Are you going to be in the, uh, the hot seat as well or are you uh, on the, fully on organisational duties? <laughs> no, I'm not on the hot seat this year, unfortunately. I've got to be on, uh, being designated as rally manager. So I will be with the safety delegate who will be making sure that I've done everything 110%. And I will be out on the stages all the time. So I will be there for anybody who needs any assistance uh, residence-wise or whatever so hopefully I've got everybody in mind who who needs to be moved about and that and we'll make it everything as seamless as we can yeah fantastic well hopefully it goes really smoothly and we see some great rallying I'm, I'm sure we will um yeah thanks for coming in and talking to us about it we'll see you soon yeah thank you very much Carl Marshall there speak to me. Uh, yeah, it's going to be an exciting weekend. As I say, definitely some challenging um, challenging stages for the drivers to get involved in. Um, and yeah, fingers crossed the weather forecast looks pretty decent. Um, I think we'll be out in force. I'll be doing a bit of filming. So keep an eye out on, the, um, uh, on our social media channels for some footage from the event. And yeah, looking forward to it. Gareth, you're going to be... Uh... <laughs> pounding the roads this weekend well i might go and watch a, a couple of stages it'll be interesting to see how they do it i mean I've, I've noticed this morning on my drive into work they've marked out the the early stages for friday evening already so um i, I was sorely tempted to put my foot down but <laughs> i had to stick within the speed limit but no I'm a, i mean the the friday night stage is around um uh, Lancrest golf course as well so it'll be quite interesting to see how quick they they go around i wouldn't like to be tearing off the 13th when they can drive down the down the road towards the the beach house at pembroke but um no i think it's going to be a, a really great weekend it's it's so good to see a, an event like that back on back on schedule now that um 
hope, fingers crossed the COVID issues are long uh, are past now, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. I think most of the cars or the visiting cars have arrived. I'm sure the, uh, the crews and the teams um, getting set up for a big weekend. So I wish them all the best. And as I say, yeah, plenty of coverage um, via all the Guernsey Press channels over the weekend. So do keep an eye out for that. Now, this week, we passed the 500 days to go mark until Guernsey 2023. The build-up is slowly beginning again as the organisers dust off the plans they put to one side at the end of 2020. Uh, and one man who is still very much aiming to be there is our most decorated ever Island Games star, swimmer Tom Hollingsworth. Uh, he made his Games debut back in his home pool at Beaux-Ajour in 2003. And fully 20 years later, he'll be looking to land his 50th Games medal. Um, this time, though, he'll put in the ball of his training in Australia, uh, having recently relocated down there with his partner. And I caught up with him um, before he headed off, actually, to find out what he's going to be doing down under and just why that game's ambition still burns so strongly for him. Well, Tom, welcome to the pod. Great to see you. Yeah, great to be here. Um, quite an avid listener to the show, so very happy to be here. Well, that's very good to hear. That's great to hear. Um, hey, look, I suppose we've got a big couple of years for, for local swimmers ahead. Um, got Commonwealth this year, which I know you, you've sort of discounted yourself from this time around, and then, and then Island Games um, next year. Uh, you know, you've been in this game a long time now. You are definitely firmly in the veteran veteran class, I'd say, if that's not too much of a disservice. No, that's fine. I mean, we've been, been called a veteran for at least 10 years now. For you, how do you look at the next couple of years of swimming? I mean, how, how much swimming are you getting through at the moment? Uh, not... Not so much. Um, I mean, with, with the lack of competition the last you know, two years, I, I definitely took the opportunity to, to one, do different things with the swimming. So I got into open water swimming, which, which really opened my eyes to what swimming can do. And it showed me, especially in Guernsey, that there's a whole playground out there. And we were sort of discovering different bays and inlets. And it was great. Um, and that was amazing to do last year. Um, and then we sort of culminated with a Herm swim, which I've always wanted to, to, to do. But, um, you know, usually there'd be a competition in the summer. So you never you never actually do that. Um, so that was lovely. And then um, also just taking a break from from training. And, and you know, this this year was kind of the first year that I didn't really have anything to to go for or, or to to compete for. And it was actually nice to have not the not that it was bearing on me all the time right but it was nice to be able to to not focus on swimming for a change um and you know i went off to indonesia and volunteered for six months and it was nice to be able to do that but not have to miss anything major in the swimming world yeah good timing then how did you get on in the home swim were you looking were you, were you sort of racing against the clock or was it just a case yeah, of getting there i was yeah we were, we were hoping to get under the hour we knew it was possible we'd done the you know we'd we'd done so much research into the tides and what the best route was and talked to all the people that had done it before um but it's not till the day that you can you know you know once you're crossing and you realize what it's like and um no i i did it in 54 minutes and uh pete pete Druckers did it in 57 and so we're all comfortably under the hour which was good and we sort of finished off with a nice dinner at, at the Mermaid and it was lovely. You did it with a couple of other um, island swimmers, yeah. uh, friends of yours. Uh, I imagine for a lot of people who take on the home swim though, it's like, it's a big kind of arduous challenge where they, they return up to the training sessions and think, oh, we're all in this together. And then you've got, you've got some, uh, some sort of, yeah, top swimmers there kind of just probably taking the thing off. Yeah, I mean, I, I take the hat off to anyone trying to do the home swim. It's, it wasn't easy and 
you know you look down at below you and you don't know what's below you and for me that was one thing I had to get my head over um and you know I found myself sort of on my own which is a sort of position I didn't want to be in um but actually on the day it was fine yeah no lanes in the little rustle that's it yeah Yeah. (laughs) no no black line to follow um yeah so it sounds like you've had a really fun uh year or so I mean yeah as you say just kind of enjoying the, the time off You've obviously got an amazing track record uh, swing for Guernsey, particularly in Island Games, uh, the island's most decorated Island Games athlete, I think, in any sport. What are you up to, 49 medals? 49 medals, yeah. Hoping for the 50th in Guernsey would be, would be amazing. I definitely think it's achievable. But, you know, the longer, the longer the games get delayed, the more it's, you know, there's always the next generation coming through and you've got to keep on your game. So... Um, I mean, look, I think it will definitely happen next year. So we've got 18 months now. So I'll, I'll definitely be qualif- well, looking to qualify this year and then step it up for next year. It's incredible longevity because you, you made your debut in the Nine Games in Guernsey 2003. Um, so I suppose the fact that you might be able to finish, or, I mean, you might have two or three left in you, I don't know, that might be overstepping it. But um, the fact you potentially yeah, could swim 20 years later in, a, in another Guernsey Games, it must be a, a massive um, a massive goal, I guess, at this point. Yeah, I think sort of having the bookends in Guernsey is, is great. I d- I haven't ruled out doing anything further than Guernsey yet, but I think a nice finishing a finishing point would be Guernsey. And, and that first Games in Guernsey 2003, still, still such a good memory in my mind. And really what, you know, I, well, I was 15 and I remember watching the older guys win the medals and get on the podium. And, you know, I just about scraped a final at the time. But for me, that was watching the guys and right, okay, you can do this and you know people from Guernsey can can get to the top there um and that's sort of what I want to do um but it was it was so good being there young and watching it and being part of the team and I think that's what sort of spurred me on and led to led to the medals in the future it's an incredible um sport of the island games swimming because I suppose for, for swimmers you know you put in so much hard work throughout the year it's you know it's an incredibly tough sport that you have to be so dedicated to um but to get that payoff of those major championships where you know you're there every night potentially um the atmosphere every night is is completely charged and and you know an amazing place to be it must be a huge payoff yeah it's the the atmosphere is always crazy it's i remember one games it was the middle of the relay i had finished my bit ian power had finished his pit and i turned to talk to him or say something mid mid uh mid third leg of the race and I, we couldn't hear each other it was so loud and you get such a buzz it's amazing I've never been to another competition experienced the same feeling like even nationals or even Commonwealth Games it, you just don't get the same tightness and community buzz that you do at, at an Island Games. So what have you got to do to to get ready for next year then in terms of I suppose qualifying for, or, I mean do you need to get the qualifying times this year or do 49 medals speak for themselves? No they way? don't no <laughs> I, I still have to prove myself I still have to be in the top two in the island so so swimming we get all of 2022 to qualify so any competition you do will, will count towards to it um, and well, at the moment I just need to get back in the pool and get some fitness going uh, and I'll probably look to to do a competition in the summer and then maybe again sort of November, December time just to consolidate uh, the year. Um, but I, 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 don't, I won't be looking to peak this year, just be good enough 
to get on the team and then and then actually peak in next year in the summer. And how has the competition at Island Games changed in the time you've been involved? You say about, yeah, you know, you, you, as a sort of veteran, you know, you, you've got people coming up uh, who are going to be gunning for medals as well. Um, yeah, how much harder is it going to be to to stay competitive next year? Yeah, I was I was chatting to a couple of the other swimmers about this recently. And if I look back to 2003 Island Games, look at the times, I don't think you'd even you'd maybe scrape in a final with the times now. So, you know, you can see swimming just in the 20 years has, has changed so much. And I think, you know, partly just, I think a lot, of the, a lot of the islands have had more access to swimming pools and better coaching and better services provided. And so you can see that step up. Um, and, and there's also been a number of Olympians come through and take, take the level on that next step. You know, and when, when you have the youngsters see those Olympians race, you know, they think, well, why can't I do that? Um, and it's very, very inspirational. And I think that sort of has to be said for a lot of why Islanders have success is Island Games. I think it's the sort of the making of a lot of athletes, especially in the swimming world. And I, I, I'm sure in other sports as well. Yeah. And presumably that's going to be amplified in a Guernsey Games. Yes. Um, yeah. To have it on our doorstep for, for local athletes in whatever sport next year is going to be something else. Yeah, when you look back over those Island Games so far, is there one race, one medal that, that stands out above the rest? Yeah, my, I mean, my first, my first gold was the 50-metre backstroke in Shetland. And I think, you know, I, I knew I could... At the time, I knew I could get on the podium, but I hadn't really come around to the fact that I could win or could actually do it. I'd done the hard training, and I was 17, I was young, I was hungry, and I think that that will always be a good memory in my mind of of that first gold and and then also you know one I'll never forget is the 100 meter back in Jersey and I just sort of took took my swimming to the next level at that that particular race I just dropped my time it was about two and a half seconds and you know, I sort of realized at 27 that I'm not done I'm still still actually doing quite well and I could keep doing it for a while longer so quite a key moment in terms of yeah that um yeah key, of, key moment going. in realizing that I could still do it um you know because a lot of the time people say swimming is a young sport but I've, I've never thought that was the case um you know because you're an athlete you're still an athlete like any other athlete and um I mean I'm still going now so yeah, what's the secret? Because yeah, as you say, you know, swimmers, you do tend to find a, a competition. Yeah, you'll have a lot of younger yeah. faces there. Is that do people just drop out because it's hard to to, to maintain the the kind of commitment levels and training levels that you need to to be in that kind of shape? It's easier when you're younger. Yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, it's it's much easier when you're younger to do the volume of training, and I think a lot of people get discouraged with the five a.m. starts, which we don't have here. Um, I think a lot of people get discouraged with the amount of time you need to put in the pool, which, which you know, we, we don't do here. We do the quality, not quantity, which I think is why Guernsey swimmers, you have a lot, you, you have them until a lot later in, in their career. Um, and I mean, that's, that's the way a lot of the swimming is going nowadays is that it's the more quality than quantity. Um, but I think a lot of, a lot of swimmers still go through the system and just do, just churn through the meters either get sick of it or get an over overuse injury and, and quit the sport. Well, so is that something we're doing better now in Guernsey have, have always done, do you think? We've, we've always done, we've always done quality rather than quantity. And, um, you know, maybe it's a lack of pool time as well, but 
we, you know, even when I was 15, 16, we were only doing, you know, 25, 30K in the pool, which doesn't, which may sound a lot, but, um, you know, if you go to the UK and go to one of the big uh, clubs, it's more like 60K a week. And that's just, that's, I think that is too much. Um, and it can be the, to the detriment of a lot of swimmers. So is that something that, I mean, in terms of, uh, how, yeah, if we ever see a Guernsey swimmer make it to the very top level to to Olympics um, again, or, or you know, or, uh, or Commonwealth finals, Commonwealth medalists, even at some point, is that, or is it just a case of waiting for the right person to come along? Can we be doing anything more in terms of training with with what we've got? I mean, it, you've been getting involved in a, a lot more coaching um, in recent times, and you've got a bit older. Uh, I mean, yeah. How, how do we go about producing if you know if we wanted to uh, a top top level swimmer? Yeah, I think you've got to, you've got to have the right person, um, and I think I think if you stayed in Guernsey, you could get to a very good level. Um, but I think what we're missing here is access to other athletes of a similar level that that athlete would need to train with. Um, like I know Charlie Joe's now in Plymouth, and they've got a whole host of great athletes and. No, just being in that environment will help. Um, but in terms of the training, you know, I hope for Charlie Joe that it's the right type of training for him because every person is different. So not it's not a one size fits all. It's not do 60K a week and hopefully everyone will do fine. It's um, hopefully he's got the right nurturing there to see him far. And from your coaching perspective, yeah, you've, as I say, you've been doing more and more. Um, how much are you getting out of that? I mean, uh... Is it something you've always kind of, you've always thought about the, the sort of what, you know, very thought very carefully about what you've been doing as you, as you grow up? Or is it something that's just kind of, it's come to you a bit later? Uh, I, yeah, I've always thought I wanted to get into coaching later in life. Um, but I've kind of realised in the last couple of years that actually that's what I want to do. Um, and I just, I just want to give back to the next generation, help them come through and, maybe learn from my experiences and my mistakes. Um, and, and so far it's been amazing. Like I, last year I was just doing two hours a week with the 11 year old group in the Barracudas and it was a highlight of my week. It was great. And they'd come onto poolside and be like, Tom, Tom, what are we doing today? And no, it was really good. And, and you know, I'm about, about to move to Australia and hopefully get a, a coaching position out there. And I, to be honest, I just want to learn. Um, maybe fail a bit out there and do things a bit wrong and then but bring the experience back here and and coach the next generation of Guernsey swimmers and Australia is obviously a place that takes the swimming very seriously yeah um, no, not a bad place to learn yeah um yeah that is it must be a great place to, to go with that in mind then that, that to yeah to take your own kind of development on I just yeah I can't wait to sort of sink my teeth into a bit of coaching out there and especially with the the, the athletes that they've got out there and, and like you say how big swimming is there um, I think I'll learn learn a ton out there what is it they get right is it mentality is it uh, yeah access to facilities yeah I think I think it's facilities it's um, it's it's one of their top sports so the kids are involved in swimming or surf lifesaving from a young age and you know it's like football here if you're a kid in England you play football if you're a kid in Oz you you'll go to the beach and go for a swim and probably go to the pool so it's just ingrained in their culture yeah fantastic and and plenty of 50 meter pools as well lying around yes yeah is that something that I mean I mean 
facilities is always an ongoing debate, isn't it? Um, and there are, there are quite a few sports, um, even though we've got decent facilities across the board, um, there's a few sports crying out for, for more. Um, and I mean, h- how high up the list should a 50 metre pool be? I think, I th- you know, if you take Beau Sejour, it's a good pool. Um, and there are a number of good pools around the island, but I think the number of pools is quite limited. I know, I know the number of swim clubs has expanded recently and everyone's sort of struggling for pool time. So, you know, just another couple pools would be good. Um, but yeah, 50 metre pool. 50 metre pool would be exceptional to have in Guernsey for the population we have. But I would, I think it would open a lot of doors to Guernsey sport. You might get a few higher level competitions here, you know, um, some training camps. You could, I mean, you could advertise uh, swimming in Guernsey as a training camp in the summer because it is lovely weather compared to the UK. And, um, but, you know, in terms of the funding of it, I, well, that's, that's another question, isn't it? So, I mean, I'd like to see it and I think it will happen eventually. It's just, I think it's a case of when. Yeah, and you spoke about, you know, getting into outdoor swimming. Is that something that we could exploit much more in terms of, yeah, for youngsters and and and, and for bringing on, you know, competitive swimmers as well? Yeah, I, I think I think we do a very good job in Guernsey of, of teaching kids how to swim. And if they want to continue, then they can they can go into the competition side but maybe we don't do such a good job at keeping kids in the sport for the just the enjoyment or or funneling them down slightly different routes i think we're getting a lot better like water polo now you know if 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 you've got a a child or a teenager that wants to go into water polo there is an avenue for that um like we see maddie russell doing really well in that and and but i think open water is sort of not untapped completely because people are getting a lot more into it but i think it's a route that guernsey swimming could go down uh, a lot more yeah and for you i know you've competed in masters events um around the world uh is that a kind of outdoor endurance swimming is that something that that you, you might kind of you might find yourself more suited to as you get a bit older uh i'm not sure <laughs> I, think, <laughs> uh, I think the older i get the the shorter the distance will be but <laughs> yeah. no it, it is it is fun going for a, a long open water swim at a steadier pace than in the pool yeah for you island games as well i mean i guess there's a lot of it's about rivalries and and the, i suppose particularly guernsey jersey but i'm sure there'll be other swimmers that you've come up against time and time again um in competition are there any are there any particular rivalries that really stand out swimmers that you've really enjoyed sort of going head to head with over the years yeah yeah I, I i mean i racing ian powell was i mean that's obviously a local rivalry but it was great because we were both so hungry for bigger and better things and get to nationals that we kind of i think we spurred each other on um or at least he helped me he helped me get to where i am i think today um and that was great for a number of years and racing simon lecilliard from jersey he was always someone I was, that was, he was always miles ahead of me for years and eventually I caught him and it was, we had so many good races and um, like Ben Lowndes, you know, he still, he still competes and we still have some great races today. So it, it's great, it's great that he's around because I think we were, it was only a couple of years ago, we were laughing, we were looking at the lineup and it was <laughs> us two in our 30s and the rest were all about 16, 17. And, but um, no, I've had some great rivalries and Jersey, swimming at the moment is very good um they've got some great guys um 
but it always it always depends if they turn up to an island games because sometimes they i don't think not that they don't value the island games as much but they target nationals a lot more than uh than the island games so it it sometimes it depends if they turn up or not when you walk out there onto the uh pool side and you know swimmers always look so focused they're kind of yeah so much in their own lane uh for want of a better word um how much of it in terms of beating the the guy next to you if you've got yeah if there's a particular rivalry how much of it is just executing your own technique and everything to the best of your ability or is it the extra bit of um kind of competitive edge that 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 sort of racing draws out of you and just kind of beasting your way through the water yeah i i think when you get to the day you can't think about the technique much you can't it's just got to be natural otherwise you you know you end up overthinking it um but no it is the rivalry which which brings it out like my best times are always at an island games by far and it's because of the because of the atmosphere because of the rivalries it's it just brings something else out in me well let's hope that's still there in uh yeah, June or july yeah. 2023 um and i hope those games go ahead um thanks so much for coming in and having a chat yeah, no, it's been brilliant. Very uh, lovely to be here. And all the best in Australia. Thank you so much. Yeah, get back in plenty of time for uh, for the games. Yeah, well, I think I'll... I, I'm definitely coming back, but I think the lead-up is always fun, right? So I think I'll come back maybe a month or two months before and just be here for the for the build-up of it because that's, that's almost as much fun as the actual games. So, yeah, I'll be back. Yeah, awesome. Look forward to seeing you there. Thank Good you. Time. Tom Hollingsworth speaking to me there before he headed off for sunnier climbs, I'm sure. Not at all jealous of, of him getting to spend a few months or years down he in Australia. He seems to have travelled the world in recent <laughs> yeah. years, Tom. He's been to Canada, he's now in Australia. He went somewhere in, in the Pacific during um, the last couple of years as well. But uh, no, he's, he's a really nice guy, Tom. And um, I remember the first time I actually met him. It was um, his second Island Games, it would have been, because it was in Shetland. And I still have this vivid memory because he'd won a backstroke gold that evening and I'd never met him before. And I went down to poolside and Alison Franklin, the, the team coach, said to me, would I like to speak to any of the, the swimmers? And I said, yeah, I'd, I'd really like to interview Tom Hollingsworth. He just won his gold. And his performance that night was just brilliant. And he, he used to sort of swim underwater for as long as you could um, in the backstroke, um, as long as legally is allowed. And um, he, he just absolutely obliterated the opposition. And I'd never met him. And um, he came out in his tracksuit and his sort of mop of curly hair. And he's about five foot, not a lot. And I thought, surely this little boy isn't the same bloke who just swam that brilliant backstroke. And he was just so humble about it. And I was sort of like, you were brilliant tonight. And he just, he could barely speak. He was just big, big grin on his face. Um, but I've got to know him over the years. He's a really nice guy. And he's put so much dedication into his swimming. And it's great that he's going to be sort of passing on more knowledge to, to the up and coming swimmers of Guernsey in, in future, fingers crossed. But let's hope uh, he gets his 50th Island Games medal next year. He thoroughly deserves it. Yeah, I certainly wouldn't bet against him. Um, it is incredible longevity. And as you say, uh, awesome to see him um, really um, showing so much enthusiasm for, for getting into the coaching side of things and yeah, passing on all that experience. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll stay in touch with them. I'm sure someone will be uh, hearing from, um, yeah, definitely in the build-up to, to 2023. You want to go and see him down in Australia and do a bit of work down <laughs> I'll there, I'll do a little right bit time. of feature, sounds good. <laughs> sure there's a few others we can catch up with while we're down there. Um, okay, well, let's, uh, yeah, as I say, 500 days to go to the other game. So there's, there's still a bit of a way to go. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the build-up has begun in earnest. Um, 
bit sooner than that in terms of the agenda this weekend. Um, what else is going on? Where are we going to be? Well, it's quite a busy Saturday, apart from the rally. We've also got um, the amateur boxing open show at um, Beausage-Jour. Guernsey are taking on uh, an East Wales side. Um, I think there's 11 bouts in that one, so it's um, another busy night for them. Um, uh, Guernsey Raiders are, are back home, are having lost last week away at um, Henley and I, I still I was trying to think I've never remember us being nilled in a game before in, in league rugby uh, we've certainly had a few in Siam I, I remember those but um, I just wondered if it was just sheer coincidence that Guernsey got nilled on the same day as basically their attack coach Malcolm Barnes was getting married down in New Zealand so because he wasn't around they probably uh, just <laughs> failed to find their try scoring form but um, hopefully they'll be back in uh, in winning ways um, on Saturday afternoon at home to Hinkley, that's uh, 1.45 kickoff. Um, there's yet another big hockey game. The, 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 the top three in the men's Division One are sort of facing each other for the next few weekends, and Champions Indies are up against league leaders Yobos at half 12 on Saturday, so that'll be another good game. And um, another pretty busy weekend of football with uh, GFC away at Thatcham. And three Prio League games on Saturday afternoon, with the big one really being um, Sylvans versus North is in the race for the WeeWay spots. That should be a, a really interesting game. Yeah, lots to get into then this weekend. Um, I think we'll pretty much leave it there, shall we? Rob, you're still knee-deep in the Guernsey Press 125th anniversary um, opus that you're producing? Yeah, I am. And actually, talking to boxing there, I just one of the recent chapters I've just been writing about was back in the early 50s when for two or three years professional boxing shows were staged at St George's um, on a regular basis and we were very very successful and on this one particular show we had an exhibition bout between Randolph and Dick Turpin now they may not mean too much to people these days but Randolph Turpin six months earlier had won the world middleweight championship beating Sugar Ray Robinson and which is one of the legends of the, of the sport and you know for somebody like um Randolph Turpin to box in Guernsey um, it seems to me a bit if you brought it forward few decades, the likes of Marvin Hagler and Sugar Ray Leonard and Roberto Duran, who were the world middleweight champions, um, boxing here, you know, it must have been an absolutely fantastic um, event. The place was packed out, it was was 2000 at St George's Hall. It was only a three-round exhibition night, exhibition bout, um, as part of an all-professional show. But um, it must have been thrilling to see, nevertheless, you know, and um, in fact, only a few months later... um, only a few months earlier, um, Randolph had fought Johansson again in front of 60,000 in New York and lost his title. But um, I say it must have been show that boxing in those that period was huge in Guernsey, and um, certainly it was. Big day, big day. God, yeah, what an occasion that must have been. It must have been. Um, so we can look out for that in the, yeah, in the paper Yeah, that's coming up point. in a few weeks' time. Fantastic. Well, um, yeah, we'll watch out for that. Um, cheers, guys. Have a good weekend, whatever you're doing. Ta-da. Cheers. We'll see you next time. Day.